The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As you heard, the judges at the Regency Hotel murder trial have decided to allow all of the recorded conversations between Jerry Hutch and Jonathan Dowdall into evidence. Frank Grady, our courts correspondent, uh, joins us now. Uh, Frank, can you talk us through this decision? Sure. The uh, recorded conversation, I know I've spoken about this on the show previously, Kieran, but the recorded conversation is the one that took place with uh, Jonathan Dowdall, the former Sinn Féin councillor, um, during a car journey with Jerry Hutch from Dublin to Northern Ireland and back on the 7th of March 2016. Ten hours um, of it. The journey began at 2.22pm, concluded just after midnight. The court listened to the recording in its entirety and then we had some legal argument. And that's what today's ruling was about. The defence essentially challenged the granting of the warrant to deploy the bug in the first instance. This was approved, we heard, by a district court judge. But the defence raised a number of issues about the process. Uh, you know, that included a claim that there was a lack of candour in the application. Now, uh, Jerry Hutch's barrister was at pains to point out that he wasn't accusing the officer who brought the application to have that device deployed on Jonathan Dowdall's Jeep. He wasn't accusing him of lying or of being dishonest, but he claimed that the judge essentially wasn't given the full picture. For example, the judge wasn't told that a tracker had already been placed on it. They also argued that the judge should have been told that the Jeep was likely to enter Northern Ireland i.e. another jurisdiction at the court didn't agree. They decided the tracker and the bug were entirely separate devices. So the judge, in their view, didn't necessarily need to know that there was a tracker already in place before approving the audio recording device. Uh, Ms. Justice Tara Burns, who delivered the judgment today on behalf of the three judges of the Special Criminal Court that had been hearing and presiding over this trial, uh, she also said the guard had no way of seeing into the future. Uh, in other words, he couldn't have predicted that Jonathan Dowdall's Jeep was going to travel into another jurisdiction. There was some intelligence of the vehicle entering Northern Ireland on a number of occasions earlier that year, but there was no intelligence to suggest that uh, future trips would take place. So on that, I suppose, um, um, opposition, they lost. And then what the court needed to do was to take a look at the recording that took place north of the border. Um, you know, that ruling meant that the recording in its entirety wasn't going to be excluded. So the next thing for the judges to consider was whether, you know, the eight hours recorded in Northern Ireland should be allowed into evidence. The defence claimed they shouldn't. They claimed the guards had no jurisdiction to gather evidence in other jurisdictions. They referenced the law. They said the legislation didn't provide for it. They said it clearly defines a place as within the state. And the argument was made that if our lawmakers intended it to apply in other jurisdictions, including Northern Ireland, then they would have expressly done so through the legislation. Um, the prosecution said it didn't matter because the device was, in their words, an inanimate, movable object. So as long as it was deployed in the Republic and taken off and then subsequently downloaded in this jurisdiction, then there wasn't um, an issue. Now, the judges went down a different road and they looked at whether the guards who harvested and collected the evidence had known that what they were doing was outside the powers granted to them by that law. And in the end, they were satisfied they didn't know, uh, they were satisfied that they were acting in good faith, and they were also satisfied, crucially, that the evidence ought to be admitted in the interests of justice. So that is the entirety of the tapes having been listened to. I mean, there's, there's no more left to listen, is there? No, there were 420 hours recorded across five separate states, but the only date that the court was concerned with was the 7th of March 2016. 
This was about one month after the Regency Hotel shooting. And the purpose of the journey, the prosecution claimed, was um, a meeting with Jonathan Dowdall's Republican contacts, uh, supposedly in the hope of mediating uh, some sort of a ceasefire with the Kinahan uh, cartel. Um, Ten hours were played in their entirety for the court, but this was done as part of a voir dire. It was essentially a trial within a trial. So the judges listened to all 10 hours of the audio. You know, we on the press bench sat in and listened to that audio as well. And then there was legal argument about the admissibility of that evidence. And the judges, when they retired and they did spend a considerable amount of time this week working on their ruling. You know, the court hasn't sat for the last couple of days to allow them time to consider the legal submissions and to look at the various case law that was raised by both sides during their their arguments. So this decision certainly wasn't one that they arrived at lightly. They took their time and their due diligence and it took over an hour for Mr. Justice or for Miss Ms. Justice Tara Burns to deliver that that judgment today. And they essentially had three options open to them. You know, we were all speculating as to what way the court would land when we went into the special criminal court this morning. And there were three options at play. You know, they could have decided, which they have decided in the end to admit it in its entirety. They could have excluded the eight hours of audio, eight of those 10 hours again recorded across the border. um, Or they could have dismissed it in its entirety if they felt that the warrant that I suppose underlaid the placing of the track on the vehicle in the first place had been obtained uh, unlawfully. But in the end, as I say, they've landed now on on all of that evidence will form part of their deliberations when they eventually retire to consider a verdict. Uh, so uh, the uh, the the trial or the main trial, as you say, um, now that this trial within a trial has gotten out of the way, gets going again next week, I assume. What What is next on the schedule? Who are we going to hear from? Well, we're likely to hear from the prosecution's key witness very, very soon. Uh, Jonathan Dowdall, the man that was driving the Jeep to Northern Ireland that day, again, a former Sinn Féin councillor, is due to take the stand. He has turned state witness. He is already serving a sentence for facilitating what happened at the Regency Hotel back in 2016. He was originally charged with the murder of David Byrne. That charge was dropped um, and he was sentenced to four years in prison for that lesser charge that he pleaded guilty to. And we did hear on a separate occasion that um, the prosecution intends calling him as a witness. So Jonathan Dowdall is likely to take the stand at some point next week. There will be some more legal argument, I believe, on Monday that's likely to spill into Tuesday. And then just given the, the way the trial has been tracking to date, you would expect that Jonathan Dowdall is most likely to be going to be one of the next witnesses called. And that could happen as early as, you know, next Wednesday. Um, we won't know for sure until next week and we won't know for sure until we see how that legal argument next week pans out. But that's certainly the direction it seems to be tracking in at the moment. Frank Graney, our courts correspondent. Frank, as always, thank you very much for that update. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.